Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching another live edition of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Election man, day. Just, yeah, it is. But man, it's the NFL season we're fastly coming. I, I hate to say coming to an end, but dang, we're already we're almost at the halfway point. We had the halfway point. Yeah, I mean, well said, Kendall. Uh, like I said, of course. I hope you guys got out there and got uh, got your votes in. Of course, you got, we know that that stuff counts. But let's talk about football. The the one thing that's not complicated in life, right? And the one thing that's for sure, and that's. Every week, you just don't know what to expect. And when you do, it changes on you. So I'm ready, man. Let's see what we got in the recap. And tonight, we do have a special guest. He is the host of the Philly Talk podcast, Philly Mike. What is going going on, on? Mike? How you doing? (laughs) I'm I'm hanging in there. I mean, Philly Mike, Eagles 8-0. I know we're going to talk about the rest of the NFL, which has been interesting to say the least. Uh, But I'm feeling good. All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time. Hey, Phillies having a good year, right? I mean, shoot, the Phillies were in the World Series. Sixers start out rough. <laughs> long season ahead. Yeah, Philadelphia, long... Philadelphia to see that boo Santa Claus. Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, recap week nine in the NFL. Obviously, a lot of things stood out. I mean, Buffalo losing to the New York football Jets. Uh, Packers losing to the Lions. Bucks getting a much need to win against the Los Angeles Rams. Gentlemen, what's it out to you guys? Mm, man, I'll, I'll go right in. That, that Jets, uh, the Jets, I'll tell you this, they had a great game plan going into that game. Uh, who would have thought, right, because uh, the Jets came off of a loss, and who would have thought coming into the red-hot Buffalo Bills that they would, they would be, they'd be able to put together a game plan? I mean, for the most part, uh, the Jets are, I thought, were at least a season away for them to be able to making some kind of noise. But are they are they a dark horse that we are not talking about right now? That's a that's a that's a legitimate question right now, uh, because I mean, regardless, we've seen Zach Wilson still make some some. I guess you you could consider them uh, rookie mistakes, but I mean, for the most part, when they rely on uh, on James Robinson, right? They just acquired him. When they relied on James Robinson and Michael Carter on the running game. Man, they they were able to really move the ball on that Bills defense as, that has been impressive so far. I'm gonna stay in the division. I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. They are playing some good ball. Tua, a lot of critics coming to see Tyree Hill almost at two thousand yards as a receiver. I mean, they are playing some good, but they still got Jalen Water on the other side. They added Jeff Wilson. He scored a touchdown. Um, we got Bradley Chubb. Miami Dolphins. And nobody's like, I mean, it's just when when Tua's playing, they're undefeated. They're undefeated when Tua plays the whole the whole game now. They're, they're undefeated. So I think the Miami Dolphins are, are, are the team that stood out to me. I want to go with another team. Uh, I'm going to go to the Baltimore Ravens, too, from last night. They look good. 
and I think they're going to be a tough. If they get into the playoffs, and they 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 don't have no weapons on offense really. They got Andrews is, is hurt, Bateman got hurt, Ken Drake's back there running the ball, but I don't want to say if they get. I know they're going to make the playoffs, but Baltimore they're going to be a they or they got they like the the old um, Baltimore Ravens days when they had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs and company. The Ravens are playing some good ball right now. That that fit they got that. John Harbaugh got that physical physical brand of football back with them. Lamar Jackson, he's playing playing very well, not turning the ball over. Baltimore Ravens are a team to watch going down the stretch. Hold on, I want to. I kind of want to say something about the Dolphins. So they got to calibrate that defense because the Bears were in that game majority of it, man. So I'm sorry about that, Philly Mike. Nah, you good. I, I agree. Uh, to your point with the Jets, I think on the defensive side, Sauce Garner has been everything hmm. the Jets could want. I mean, if hey. you look at his metrics, I think he has a pass deflection in every game. He's about to break the streak, not just for a rookie, but he's about to break the Rel Revis uh, uh, streak, and that's a good sign for the Jets. I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, being three and six in these first nine games is 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 crazy. And last week, how they lost was even crazier because you could blame, you know, offensive line struggles, defensive struggles, wide receiver struggles. But it was Aaron Rodgers. He was part of the reasons why they could not beat the Detroit Lions. I mean, whether it's interception, uh, underthrown pass, just horrible body language. It's not like the team is letting him down. Well, throughout the season, it has been. But last week, it looked like Aaron Rodgers is about that time so that that was really surprising just to say a game where you can kind of get closer to 500 against the one win lions that is a a a real horrible loss for the packers i don't see them bouncing back for that they did drop that's five in a row that they've dropped that they've lost five in a row which is crazy yeah Yeah, i think the cowboys uh could kind of just end their season this sunday as they visit green bay to play the packers i mean what's it up to me let's just go back and talk about that bears game real quick look justin fields the last couple weeks has been playing great he had 178 yards rushing. He's been dicing up. He's been dicing up the, the last four defenses that he's he's gone against. He's he's diced them up, man, with his legs. They've been some pretty good defense. The Patriots, the um, the Cowboys, the Dolphins. I mean, they've been some since that Patriot game. Since, since the Patriot game, it seemed like they kind of figured out how to use Justin Fields. Yeah, so okay. he's starting to separate himself, right? I mean, because everybody was thinking that he's a bust, this and that. And he's been playing good ball, so a lot of credit to Justin Fields and that Chicago Bears offense. And then also Tennessee going into Kansas City, essentially almost beating the Chiefs with the rookie quarterback in Malik Willis. And uh, I'm uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to get the job done in overtime. But still, I mean, for them to go in there and you know play the way they did, that, that's a good sign for Tennessee. I think Ryan Tannehill at 80% would have beat the Chiefs. On, on I think so, too. I think uh, Malik Willis. That was just crazy, said, though, Kendall. I mean, because yeah. literally – you you saw Mahomes put that team on his back. I mean, he literally ran both the touchdown and the two point conversion just to tie the game. So it's tough. It's tough. Tennessee, they got to get Derrick Henry some help down there. They don't have no receiver. They, they got Robert Woods from the round. They need they need some people that can take the top of the defense that can make some explosive plays. I know um, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, uh, Burks. He, he's hurt and whatnot. They, I mean, they just, they just need some more pieces there to help. Um, I think Malik Woods can be a good quarterback, but they have to. Uh, they got to build around him a little bit. But I think Tennessee at 80 85%, they would have won that game against Kansas City and Kansas City. That's a good point. Yeah, you look at the Tennessee Titans wide receivers. There was a graphic that uh, popped up uh, Sunday night where it was 51 catches for all the wide receivers to 43 catches to A.J. Brown, 658 yards for all their receivers to 718 yards for A.J. Brown. And last but not least, one, res- one touchdown for the Tennessee Titans wide receiving core to six A.J. Brown touchdowns. And not even just that, 
the wide receivers for the Titans did not catch a pass during regulation. Now, I got tired. I got to go to work at 4 in the morning. I went to sleep for overtime. I saw enough from Henry. The Eagles got to play him soon enough. But to not have a wide receiver catch a ball through four quarters, that's crazy. And, you know, a lot of people forget that Robert Woods, former Los Angeles Ram, is on this football team. No, you're right. I, I do want to also just say that that game, the, the Titans and Chiefs was a really good game. Uh, Vikings and Commanders was a really good game. Chargers and Falcons was really good games, man. Like, I mean, you're talking about games that were like they could have gone either way. Uh, Chargers and Falcons, good game. Opposite teams, though, right? Falcons really rely on on their running game. I mean, the way they got Cordell back, uh, Patterson back, and he it looked like he didn't even uh, miss a beat. Uh, and then they got the other running back going. But if you look at the Chargers, they really rely on the arm of Justin Herbert. Even without his two playmakers, Mike Williams and um, Keenan Allen, he, I mean, he, he still was able to, to – I mean, Chargers are going to be a problem there in the AFC West. Uh, then we look at the uh, – like you said, t- t- the Titans and Chiefs, that was a good game. Vikings and Commanders. How about that picture of, of uh, Kirk Cousins afterwards in the airplane with all his teammates, man, with all the gold? All the chains. And- all the, chains, all the shirt, man. I mean, that's what you like to see in a team, especially getting on this part of the of the season, right? The the middle of the season, you know, you're trying to trying to make waves and you're trying to get, you know, better as a team and be on the same page. Obviously, they're on the same page and they're they're training in the same direction as the as the Eagles are right now. And of course, I can't count out my Cowboys. And who yeah, was the I- only team? Who was the only team to beat the Vikings? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of credit goes out to Kevin O'Connell too, and and Kirk Cousins as well. I mean, to sit, I mean, as far as stat wise, it's not the best season it's having, but record wise, it is. Yeah, and then you look at what the Vikings did. Uh, not really a recap of Week Nine, but it's around there, the trade deadline when you are buyers and you go out and get a playmaker and TJ Hawkinson. That sends a sign to your locker room, like we only lost one game to the best team in the NFC the Eagles, but we are, we feel like we can match up with them later in the season. Let's go get the one position we need. You got Kirk cousins, you know, celebrating like he's a ball. So that is what you want for your football team in the locker room set going to get uh, a TJ Hawkinson at the trade deadline says we are all in for 2022. Yeah, and let's can continue using him. Right. Cause I mean, it's a different coach, but I don't know, man, Vikings and Titans don't ever, they haven't really ever worked out together for whatever reason. Yeah, and then also a team that we talked about in the Sunday pregame show, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting a much-needed win against the L.A. Rams, and I think this might be a start to a little winning streak that Tampa's going to get. That's exactly what I was about to say. I think this is going to start up some things for Tampa, and I did say Tampa. I think Atlanta had a chance, and I, what did I say on Sunday, Sunday show? I said, this is a game the Falcons will lose. Remember I said that or whatnot. And that's, that's what they found a way but They found a way to lose. I never bought into the Falcons. They're having a pretty good year, but I think that, that win against the Chargers would have took them a long way. Tampa ended up getting the win against the Rams, and we see they got Seattle this week in Germany in the early game. But that's this um I think it's good for Tampa Bay because they had to win that. Yeah, well they're tied four and five right with the Falcons. Yeah, the biggest storyline coming out of Week Nine: Frank Wright, head coach or former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, being fired, and Jim Irsay replacing him. Well, guess who? Jeff exactly. Saturday. Maybe a lot of people are asking out there, who's Jeff Saturday? He used to play for the Indianapolis Colts. He's got no coaching experience whatsoever. I think maybe at the high school level level at that. But for him to be plugged in to be the head coach of the Colts for the remainder of the season, kind of wild. 
to say the least. I think he was on, on TV recently, right? I mean, yes, last night they had a press conference. I uh, I think it was eight Eastern during the football game. So. <laughs> Yeah, RG three, RG three was his co-host because he said, "Hey, I went from you went from working with me on ESPN to now being head football coach, interim head football coach for the Indianapolis Colts." And, and and to me, it's crazy for the simple fact that he was a he was a consultant, so it's not like he just wasn't walking through that doors on a at, at least a a weekly basis. But you know, you got the man you want to go player for player who used to play there, a great uh playmaker. You got Reggie Wayne as a positional coach. I'm with Joy Taylor on this, man. You could you put Reggie Wayne in there, you know, put Reggie Wayne in. But yeah, they also have said, yep, same thing they, I said earlier. But they, got, they got John Fox on staff, Gus Bradley, former head coach. I mean, two former head coaches, Reggie Wayne. You mentioned him. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And I, I mean, look, it's his football team. He can do whatever the hell he wants, right? But it was just wild when I saw the report that Jeff Saturday. I had a double, like, I had to check again. I was like, wait, am I reading this correctly, Jeff Saturday? I mean, I guess, I, I guess, I guess this is the best way to say you're going to tank the season without really saying I'm tanking the season, right? I mean, uh, but I will say this. I mean, you looked against the Patriots when they played against the Patriots. I, I don't know. Even the Patriots game, uh, Colts look completely sloppy. Patriots even kind of – Patriots still have some playmakers to keep keep them in the game. But, man, I, there's nothing really exciting going on offense or defense with, with the Colts right now. So, I, I, whoever whoever took that job, they're going to make their names look get, uh, bad. So, thank God it's Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. It, it's, it's crazy because, you know, he was a formerly center, you know, the Packers and the Colts and whatnot. He was a really good player, but – you know, they have no experience and just jump right in and get a job. It's crazy. And I think this, I mean, he's, he's probably going to be there next year, too. He's probably going to be their future um, coach there or whatnot. But we'll see how everything goes. Man, you're putting him up there with Josh McCown, who has never even, like, coached, you know. Uh, at least Josh McCown's been on the staff. He's on the staff this year. At least we know he's probably going to get the head coaching job there in Houston. At least one year with the coaching staff. I mean, but come on. What has the NFL come to well, how, how many times do an interim coach come in, no matter how good they do, do they get the job next year? I've seen interim head coaches come in and actually make something of the rest of the season and still not get the job. So, you know, as I just spoke about Reggie Wayne, you know, uh, they talk about minority coaches in the league. And, and as uh, you said, there, there's a couple John Fox and, and, and actual head coaches, Gus Bradley. I think it could be a scenario where, Saturday's not coming back 100%. Uh, they don't want to ruin a Reggie Wayne start to his career or a John Fox or a Gus Bradley who might go out and be a coordinator somewhere and, and, and tarnish their name even more. So I, I guess I can see that scenario. But interim head coaches don't really become. It's not a it's not good job security for your next year. I never I, I can't remember the last time. One of the problems the Colts have had has been at the quarterback position. So what better way to get a quarterback high pick than tank? The rest of the season. Do they have a first round pick? That's a good question. I think they might. But I mean, regardless, they need to draft the quarterback. First round, second round. They didn't do they need to figure something out. Like so. I said, they gotta stop getting these used cars for a year and go ahead and get you a get you a quarterback. And the only reason why Matt Ryan's not playing is because of money. They don't want them to get hurt and they're gonna own money. So it looks like Sam Ellenberg is gonna continue being the starter for the Indianapolis Colts, and we'll see how they end up. Doing the rest of the season. They do have a first round pick. Right now they're projected to have the 14th overall pick, but a lot of that can change early. Yeah. Or toward the back end of this season. 
One of the other storylines that came out of week nine was Josh Allen getting hurt towards the end of the game. I believe it was an elbow injury. And a lot of people were saying that they were concerned. Potentially, it's more like a baseball injury that would require surgery. What do you guys think the level of concern is for Josh Allen moving forward? I know we haven't heard nothing. Yeah, I know they think they said it might be a UCL sprain or something like that. So we don't know the severity of it yet. But um, he did throw a, like a 50 to 70 yard bomb right after they played. That could have been adrenaline. But I mean, we don't know the extent of it. I just hope everything is good for him. But if he's out, oh, Bills are in trouble. Well, I don't know. They've they've really they've really they they've helped themselves out, get the wins that they need to. So right now, if he if he needs to rest a, a week or two, I think they have that luxury. They're giving themselves that kind of luxury. But I will say this: you have the Jets and the Patriots right behind you in that stacked AFC East. So yeah, you're right. And of course, the Dolphins, like you said, uh, that it, it's unfortunate when you have such a stacked uh, conference like that. We're in trouble in terms of the. In terms of the big picture plan for this season, winning they're not winning Super Bowl with Case Keenum. They're not. No. That's not going to happen. So in oh. terms of that, for this year, if he's going to be out of rest this year or down, like it can mess him up seating wise. You're not. They're not going to Super Bowl with Case Keenum. Let's let's get serious here. They're not. <laughs> no, but they do have the luxury of 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 soon, I believe, bringing back Tre'Davious White. Their defense has been pretty good even without him. I, I'm kind of nervous to see how they transition with one of the top corners in the league coming back. Um, but if I'm the Bills, I'm looking at it as I don't care where we are at in the playoffs as long as we have a healthy Josh Allen. So that's where I think, you know, a team like that who plays in uh, upstate New York, right? They, you know, they, they might want to go to, you know, wherever um, Dallas or something where they can play in some warm weather dome type scenario so Josh can sling the ball. So I don't think they're worried about home games. They got to be worried about Josh Allen being back. Now, me as an Eagle fan, I was hoping he would play this week because I need him to take down the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he still has a chance to play. I mean, they haven't ruled him out. But the other thing is, too, I think it, they do care about having home field advantage. Let's think about the last two playoff losses. They've both been in Kansas City. Imagine if they were to play Kansas City and Buffalo. I think we'll see a different uh, end to that game. Yeah, I don't even know why I said Dallas. I'm I'm, I'm over here in NFC land still because <laughs> I'm really focused on my Eagles. But you're right, uh, KC did, does have their number, and that's that's the that's the hill they're trying to climb over. But this is the a different Bills team than we've ever seen before. Like they they established themselves to be number one in the AFC. Now you can kind of say maybe not with them losing to the Jets, uh, but they did handle KC just a couple of weeks ago, and that was in Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it was, but like it was a regular season game. True. Yeah, it seems like all these games are in Arrowhead State. Let's get one. They, they've never played in or- like Orchard. I think they played a couple years ago. I think the 2020 season they played in Orchard at Orchard. So if you can get one of those games in the Bills, Bills Mafia land, until they jumping over tables and hit man hitting their heads on stuff, it'd be a different, it'd be a different, different outcome, I think. <laughs> and we all know that playoff football is different than regular season football. I mean, let's just put that out there too. It literally, there's no there's no coming back from a from loss. Yeah, and then the only two losses that they've suffered have been two divisional opponents, New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Man, I'll still say, I'll still say, man, with those Dolphins, man, they're lucky they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Those two guys are really helping Tua. I saw some, I saw some passes from Tua. I just did not like, man, that that ball, that ball kind of flutters up in the air. So, I mean, it's crazy that they beat the Bills, but getting back with the Bills, I mean. We'll see, man. Josh Allen looks like he's he's the real deal, and he looks like he's tough, and he'll play with it, through whatever injury he is he is he's dealing with right now. 
I think the biggest threat to Buffalo in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're trying to play really good football. They've looked really good against the Saints on Monday Night Football. You got some players coming back, so we'll see. Yeah, he makes he makes that running game really go, man. I mean, and and it was just crazy to see Lamar just kind of toy with the Saints, man. I mean, <laughs> there's one where he like literally like it was an RPO. He, you know, it looked like he pitched it off and he literally held it in his hands for like uh, like man more than three seconds and he decides to, to to pass the ball. So it's crazy how how uh, how he really changes the game of football. And look. He might cash out with that guaranteed money this offseason. We'll see. All right, but let's go ahead and talk about the best team in football currently, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're undefeated still. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, What do do you think of this football team? I mean, the the key to this football is just win, 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 no matter what. I know a lot of people talk about the schedule and all that, but the Eagles have found ways to win differently, right? Jalen Hurts rushes for close to 100 yards against the Lions man defense, carves up passing against the zone defense from the Vikings. We get the rain game, like horrible rain against the Jags, come back from 14. You got a big sack game against Washington. You got a couple interception games. You got the methodical drives uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, we've been winning football games different ways. And when you show that on tape, it makes it very hard to game plan for you because you can, you don't know if you're going to get a, a 275 plus passing yard game from Jalen Hurts or a uh, RPO running style game with these three headed back plus Jalen Hurts himself. And then the defense takes off with them leads. And I think it hasn't even reached its potential yet because the biggest additions were on the defensive side. You're talking about half the starters in the back end uh, weren't playing for the Eagles last year. And CJ Garner Johnson for a fifth and a sixth got five interceptions in the NFL. He's been a difference maker, a ball hawk. So the Eagles, to me, haven't fully even played their complete game. And it's weird to say that, hey, you know, I think we're only going to get better from here on out. Look, I'm, I'm not going to be a hater, man. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. I think Howie Roseman has done a phenomenal job as far as putting, putting together uh, one heck of a team. I mean, I don't even hear Carson Wentz out of the Philadelphia Eagles crowd at all. I mean, you guys, Howie Roseman was literally able to wash his hands clean of, of, of that mess. Now he's 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 a part of the commanders, right? Uh, but I mean, hats off, great offseason. Everything, the the whole storyline, the whole entire offseason was how Howie Roseman uh, manipulated the draft, draft capital for the next year. So even if they're not, if if he's not sold on her, on Jalen Hurts, he can still maneuver and and bring in a new quarterback because this guy knows how to use quarterback as draft collab uh, capital. So, but. I will say this, man. You guys got a, a commanders team who, man, for a while they kind of they were they, they they had the lead over the Vikings, but you know Tyler Heineke kind of just threw that pick at the very end. These are the games I, I, I if I'm if I'm an Eagles fan, Commanders, of course, like I said, Colts. Uh, I wouldn't worry about the Colts. Packers probably wouldn't worry about the Packers. Titans, that's that's not. It's gonna be a hard game. And the Giants, and then the of course the Cowboys. Those are the those are the real games. I think that you guys could probably maybe if it is, if if you guys get that luxury to sit out, I think you guys go one and one with the Giants because I think you guys end end your your seat your regular season with the Giants, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think Commanders going to be a good test this week because I don't know that they're, they're kind of sending the right mm-hmm. way. Like I said, Commanders, Titans, Giants, and Cowboys. I think that this this is where where we're going to see exactly you know what I mean. Uh, what 
the Eagles are made of. Uh, of course, I have my thoughts on our on our matchup. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Let's hear your uh, thoughts on that matchup, Jerry. Let's hear your thoughts on the rematch. Yeah, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'm telling you right now, the Eagles are gonna they're, they're gonna lose, man. Uh, when it comes to the Cowboys, uh, and and call me a homer all you want, but that defense really took it. I mean, that defense has our defense, the Cowboys defense. It's, it's something that you that that most teams have not been able to see because when you're able to generate that kind of pass rush with just four down linemen, literally there's no blitz. Really, there's no blitzes that were that were that we are uh, using. Right? We're not we're not we're not we're not using any blitzes. And then you got a secondary that that has been playing some real solid some really solid football. I even you know I even have the Cowboys cast, which will be coming up right after this. Uh, where I said, you know, hey man, I think Trey Diggs is 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 good. Is he's he's putting up some good, he's putting up some good games, man. I mean, literally, I think he's gonna start making it hard for a quarterback just to kind of let the ball kind of rip it in his ear and his and his and his area, and maybe OCs are gonna think about, you know, let's let's try to throw again, let's try to throw the other side, man, because that's kind of what ocs are already doing when it comes to michael parsons they're they're, they're drawing plays to the go against uh, a go away from michael parsons it's only a matter of time before they start doing that with with trey Diggs. and now you got one side of the field that they literally have to step up their game and i think that it's going to be a very interesting game don't I, I don't need to talk i don't need to talk any smack or anything like that but i do feel that that with Dak back and and the next games that are coming up they're, they're, they're going to be they're going to be tough games i mean even with the packers Aaron Rodgers is five and three against the Cowboys. Uh, this is this is a win that could create the right momentum for the Cowboys. You know, the, the Cowboys don't have it, an easy schedule. Packers, Vikings, Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Eagles, Titans, uh, and then Commanders to end it off. So not easy for the Cowboys, but I'll tell you this: if you went, if the Cowboys beat the Packers, and then you go into the Vikings, you're gonna come in with some with some confidence against the Vikings to take down the Vikings, which is gonna be difficult. But if they can, from there, I think the Eagles. Uh, Philly, Philly told who who in the NFC, not just the NFC East, but the whole NFC as a whole, you think is the biggest threat to you, to your Eagles? Um, it's really hard to say right now. Um, I'm still looking at the Vikings. I think the addition of of TJ Hawkinson once he gets acclimated will will make that that offense tick. Uh, we were able to slow down Dalvin Cook tremendously. We haven't been successful at stopping the run. Uh, Cowboys ran for 100 yards on us. A couple teams got us, and it doesn't look. Our run defense looks it looked better after the Lions, but it really wasn't. The fact of the matter was we were scoring so much in the second quarter, teams got out their running game and started passing the ball. So we didn't have to face that many attempts. But when you break it down yards per carry-wise, we're not that good. Uh, we got to stop the run. Jordan Davis being out for four to six weeks is a problem. I'm still looking at the Niners when they get healthy. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, the the Vikings. I do think the Giants will show true colors later in the season. They're a tough, gritty team, but they're not quite ready. Um, and then as uh, the host said, uh, Tom Brady, I'm not counting him out. The Bucks look messed up, but if you give Tom Brady more time, I think he's still fresh off the drama outside of football. That's a guy that you do not want to see later in the season if that team gets healthy. So I'm still not counting them all out. But right now, I still think probably it will go Vikings, Cowboys, and then I got to see a little bit more. I still think that is the biggest test for the Eagles in the NFC. 
Philly Mike, with the remaining schedule you guys have, where do you see possibly you guys losing the first game? Oh, that's tough. I know he said that the Washington Cub, I call him the Washington blah, blah, blahs, just because I can't get uh, used to the com- the commanders saying. Um, <laughs> right now we're 11-point favorites. Anything could happen. I think Heineke gave them a better chance than sending Carson Wentz to Philly. He lucked out on that. If he got sacked nine times in Washington, what do you think is going to happen in Philly? Um, looking at the schedule, Watching Derrick Henry run, it kind of flashed in my mind on Twitter. I put the Eagles got to send an engage eight if for any Madden players out there on Derrick Henry, especially if Malik Willis is not throwing the ball, if he's still there, or if uh, Tannehill don't got nobody to get open. Uh, but I still think our schedule, the Packers are, are pretty weak. They could turn it around. I'm not going to front and say the Cowboys defense ain't good. Uh, we do play them pretty far. If we were winning all the games till we get to the Cowboys, then who knows what we actually do. Maybe we don't want to show the Cowboys anything because there's a scenario where we end up playing uh, the Cowboys in the playoffs again. Uh, so maybe we don't want to show much. I think that although the Cowboys defense is really good, we, we were so horizontal against the Cowboys. I think we have a whole different game plan for when we have to play them that it counts. But I, I would probably say if the Eagles get caught slipping – I'm watching that Tennessee Titan game, and it will be because of Derrick Henry. Maybe we don't got uh, 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 Jordan Davis back, and even if he is kind of back, that's a big dude for a high, uh, a high spread. Uh, is that is that game in Tennessee or Philly? It it is in uh, Philadelphia. Okay. High ankle sprain. You don't want no 360 pound guy uh, running on that right right freshly off the injury. So. I'll wait to see how he goes, but Derrick Henry could scare me. Uh, I think that is where we slip up if we slip up. Now, with with every good team, there is a weakness. So what would you say is the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles? Pretty much the run defense. I think that is where teams have had success. If you look at how the Lions came back week one, it was because we were beating them by 17. They never gave up on the run game, came back. The Dallas Cowboys, we were beating them. In the first half. Now, yes, Cooper Rush made a couple throws, but it was predicated from the play action and the running game of both Zeke and Pollard. That's what really tore us up and allowed uh, run, run, tight end, run, run, tight end, run, run, tight end. Oh, there's Anthony. Uh, there's uh, one of the receivers. So I think the rush rush defense has not been good. Yards per carry. Like I said, we've been able to hide it early on in some games because of us being the number one team in NFL history through a couple games in the second quarter. So teams that are uh, getting a little nervous, they want to throw the ball, and that's what we want them to do. But the Cowboys stuck with the run. They came back and made it a little close. The Lions stuck with the run. They came back and made it close. And then you saw the Texans um, run the ball, and it was pretty good as well. So I think it's the run game. But that's something that we struggled with last year and cleaned up, but it wasn't through eight weeks. We cleaned it up around week five. This is a little longer than I like to see. I, I think the most y'all – Good luck with the Bears. The most y'all trailed, yeah, I think the most y'all trailed this year was was uh, in against Jacksonville. I think y'all was down a couple touchdowns or whatnot. Do you think Jalen Hurts is the guy that he, he can bring you back from? Because I, I want to see that if y'all can do it, if y'all can, if you can come back from a double-digit possession. Do you think that, that, that y'all can do it consistently against yeah, some of well, the better teams that won't let you crawl back in like Jacksonville? Yeah, well, when you look at how and how, how the weather was, to be able to come back down 14 in a rainstorm, is, is pretty pretty darn special. And especially, look at Jacksonville when we played them. They were coming off 
beating the Colts and the Chargers combined 62 to 10. So, you know, this NFL that we talk about, how it could be so unpredictable. And that's why the, the record 8-0 is, is fantastic alone because we saw the Colts beat the Chiefs. We've seen teams that should not win on your parlay just destroy you throughout your years of watching the NFL. With that being said, to get to the Jalen Hurts point, I do believe so. Um, the Steelers' defense held the 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 two of Dolphins to 16 points, and then we came in here and dropped 30-some points on them, um, th- mainly through the air, was able to pull out uh, Jalen Hurts and not even play him or whatnot. I think that this team is set up to be the real pick-your-poison type offense. If you put the guys in the box necessary to stop Jalen Hurts, the RPO, Miles Sanders, Kenny G, and, and Boston and, and the crew, well, then we got the receivers to beat you one-on-one. If you look at Yak across the league, you got Dallas Goddard inside the top five. You got A.J. Brown at number 12. And Smitty and Quest can get loose too. So man-to-man coverage or, or fill in the box with Jalen Hurts' new found talent or, or, or being able to get to the second and third read. He doesn't do it all the time. He still messes around and runs from clean pockets somewhat. But I've seen against the Texans and the Steelers, him beat the blitz with his arm, and that's where it was trending. When you look at what the Cardinals did in the second half, they started blitzing us. Look what the Cowboys did. They didn't blitz us, but they play man coverage, and they, and, they, and they sent a little bit of pressure. I bet you if you look at um, the Cowboys in its totality, they probably had one of the more a blitz-happy games against the Eagles. They wanted to make Jalen Hurts deliver the ball quickly and do that stuff, and, and it kind of got us off surprise. But after the bye, we started throwing in some checks, and I think that hurts. You know, I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady in his, in his prime or nothing, but you can clearly see from footwork to mechanics to understanding the offense to pre-snap, he's actually making changes at the line of scrimmage, getting the ball out. You've seen the dots uh, against the Steelers defensive player because of the blitz. I, I do believe that Hurts is starting to be that guy who can 18 play you or, you know, seven play you. How much do you think the Robert Quinn acquisition helped y'all? Help that defensive line? Um, it's going to help. It didn't show nothing yet. This is only game two of it. Um, and he came late on on the week he first played. He only had like a couple days in. He played like twenty snaps. He's going to be what like a Chris Long was for us, I believe. When it when push comes to shove and he gets acclimated, there's no way that you know. A guy like Robert Quinn goes from 18 and a half sacks last year to the one sack this year. I think that was Chicago's scheme, the amount of times he was being double teamed, and the fact that they knew kind of where they are at. They're not going to play him, so they've been wanting to move him. They haven't been scheming for him. I think as he gets acclimated, he's not going to have no double-digit sacks, but he's going to be a guy that when you look back at one game where there was a big difference, it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad he's on our team. He's just one of them guys that you want a uh, fourth quarter, a uh, big game on the line. Maybe it's a Dallas game. Dak Prescott keeps his hand up a little bit too long. And here comes Quinn around the corner. And it would be nice because uh, he had double digit sacks for Dallas a couple years ago. I will say this. The, the, the one, the one takeaway is the Eagles. They, they, they have a tendency. Well, okay. Not a tendency, but they have a hard, uh, a very fast start. And they score the points early, but you can see statistically wise in the second half, they're they're not putting up the same. In fact, they're struggling to put up the points on the second half. So uh what as far as that goes, what has the what have the Eagles done to 
fix uh, not only that, but fix their third down efficiency because they, they, they're having a hard time completing their third downs. I know the last game they had a pretty good uh, game, but overall during the season, those are the things that go hidden is that they're having a hard time completing first downs. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, we have been bad on third down. I would say just the third quarter offense in general has been more of a take your foot off the gas type offense in a sense that when you look at the box score at the end, you say, oh, wow, Nick Sirianni kept it pretty even, Uh, you know, 55, 60% run, uh, pass, 40% run. But if you look at the intricate play calling, these runs come in the second half. We're being more uh, predictable in our run packages and the fact that we have a lead. We're okay if we run the clock a little bit out. Uh, and then our defense gets a little lax too where, you know, maybe you score on us in the third quarter, but now that was an eight, nine-minute drive. Offense gets back, maybe gets a field goal. But the one thing that I needed to see from the Eagles – to for me to be feeling as good as I am is after the bye week, I needed to see the second half offense. I mean, play calling and points putting up change. And so far we have, uh, we scored uh, the the most points in the last two games were in the second half compared to the first half uh, against the Steelers and the Texans. So you're starting to see that switch uh, when you have that bye week and there's one glaring problem with your offense. You should be able to fix it, and I'm glad to see that Sirianni did fix it thus far. We'll see how uh, it continues throughout the season, but that was a concern for every Eagle fan, and every single win, they were upset that we didn't blow the doors off the other team. But again, I think it was the teams that came back were strategic with staying with the run. I still think we got to fix the run. That's a part of our problem. And again, the play calling, we can't still be so run heavy. And I do want to run the ball, but I want it to be – the right time a mixture you can't get too heavy pass in the first half you can't get too run heavy in the second half just be more consistent with that and i think after the bye we saw it and it you know look look prettier sounds good right. man i mean i mean i've been very impressed like i said thus far uh i think that's gonna be a good i think you guys have a a, a pretty good stream of of games ahead that that are gonna really help you guys out uh like i said if you if you guys can get past the commanders Colts, Packers, kind of, you're not sweating them too much. Like you said, Titans are are the the team I'd probably circle in. But I I I will say this: Do you think that you guys have enough to stop what Justin Fields is doing to these defenses? He's, I mean, he's literally running all over defenses. He did it to us, and he's done it to every defense he's faced in the last four games. Uh it's going to be tough. I will say that Kyler Murray started to get us with his legs in the second half of that game. Um, that was one of the games where I say that, you know, it came down to a, a missed field goal. We got the last field goal, and they didn't run the ball the way the Lions did with Swift and the Cowboys did with Zeke and Pollard, but it was Kyler Murray in the run game getting them back into it. So the run has been our problem. I'm going to be curious to see how uh, a quarterback doing it out of the RPO where, you know, if you want a game plan for that, you got a guy like Jalen Hurts who's similar. You can kind of simulate that throughout the week and try to really stop that. The Bears are far down, down, right? What what, what week is that? That is going to be – it's actually – okay, so you – Giants, Saints, Cowboys, and then the Bears. It's right before the Cowboys game. Oh, right before. Yeah, right before the Cowboys game. All right. Yeah. Um <laughs> we'll be we'll be still trying to probably win at that point. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to say the least. Maybe Jordan Davis is back, maybe he's not. Um, but yes, I mean, watching watching him break um or tie Michael Vick's record for the most quarterback rushes. I mean, he's electric. He's electric. 
four three, man. I think they clocked him in. Hey, Philly Mike, I got one favor to ask for you. Can you tell him to throw the ball to Devontae Smith? He's on my fantasy football team, man. He's killing me. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I recently have a tweet going off in the last couple of days. You know, the Eagles are the only team in the NFL to have three players with 40 receptions. This was through week eight. Um, I don't know exactly how it, how it is now, uh, but through week what? before – yeah, last two weeks, not much. He he definitely definitely shying from it. And if you want to be realistic, the Washington game definitely boosted up his stuff. Um, he does have fifty three targets on the season, forty catches. The fact of the matter is, AJ's one K always open. <laughs> so you know what I mean. It's tough. And listen, the thing is, I don't think people realize the step that got. Like I, I was talking about this all off season. Like I, I knew that having AJ Brown is going to free open Devonte. Devonte is going to free open AJ. You're going to not be able to shade coverage uh, to Devonte like they did as him as a rookie. But I knew Dallas Goddard finally getting the bag and having his first time as like the guy at tight end and being in his prime. I knew he was going to break out too. And right now you got both Goddard and AJ for some. Uh, projected to be over a thousand yards. I know the Devontae Smith fantasy holders are a little tight, and I got him in one of my fantasy leagues too. I've been low key not playing him that much, but I do <laughs> think that he's an electric wide receiver. Um, again, when you run the ball as much as we do as well, and you got three guys you want to feed feed the ball to, it gets tough. But I will say, there's no no team in the NFL through the first. Uh, I don't know about now, but after we played our Thursday night game. That was a stat. I went through all, all the stats. Is Goddard, uh, uh, Smitty, and AJ, 40, 40, and 43. Um, now, the Dolphins have two people over 40, being Waddle and and uh, Tariq yeah. Hill, but they don't got that third piece. So a lot of mouths to feed, including Jalen's legs, including the run game. Um, it, it gets tough. Devontae going to get his, though. Just It's, it's going to be that one time that you don't start him, and I'm going to go bad. It might be happening to me once. It already happened. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Hey, Philip Mike, we really appreciate your time, man. Thanks you for joining us tonight. Hey, real quick, where can our viewers and listeners follow you on social media? All you got to do is type at Philly underscore Mike 25 or just follow the trail of Cowboy fans because if you look at the threads, they're probably replying to something I said. You know what I mean? They don't, they, they, we, we don't get along on Twitter. They don't, we don't get along, but that's where you can follow me. I don't really do the IG. Um, I got it. It's at uh, uh, Philly underscore Mike 25 as well, but I'd be on Twitter a lot. All right. Well, that being said, thank you everyone out there for watching and listening and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great night. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast, transform your influence. Electricast.